In 2006, 2007, a movie and a book were produced called The Secret. The book, which is still very popular, based upon the law of attraction. Now, who made this law of attraction a law? I, I, I couldn't find it out. It's unknown. It's not like the law of gravity where you throw something up and it comes down. You, you can understand the, the law of, of gravity. It can be proven very easily. This law, when turned on itself, seems awfully shaky. The law of attraction is thought becomes things. If you think it, you'll have it. Want that new car? Just think on it real hard. Want that new house? It can be yours if you just think about it hard enough. If you just believe you've already got it, it can be yours. Many weak Christians are being pulled into this prosperity gospel because of words that are used like faith that are used out of context. Bible verses like ask and you shall receive. Bible verses like as a man so thinks in his heart so is he. They're used out of context as well. The book The Secret and the Law of Attraction that is sweeping our world has in its root Gnosticism and its focus is on greed, its focus is on, on self. It's a way of life for many, and it will be, if Jesus Christ doesn't come back, a testament to the narcissistic, delusional, new age society that we live in. Who believe, as the book, The Secret States, on page 164, you are eternal life. You are our God, manifested in human form, made to perfection. Now this is in stark contrast to the teachings of Jesus Christ, isn't it? Christians, we must beware and be very aware, as we talked about this morning in class, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, that the devil hides himself as an angel of light and he'll use parts of scripture to try to prove false teachings and make sure that the the seed is, is choked out by the cares of this world. The law of attraction and the book, The Secret, prey upon all those who feel like there's something missing in their life. Do you feel that way about your life? Is there something missing? And that's who this book is after, you. No matter how hard people try, they they feel like this void inside them can't be filled. And they, they search and they search for ways to fill it. The worm on the line is you can have anything you want. Just think about it. Just say it. You'll get it. If you've ever been fishing before, if you swallow the hook, the fish swallows the hook, it'll tear the insides out of the fish, won't it? Swallow this hook, and it will tear apart true faith and dependence upon God. 
Suppose, though, I could offer you a life that is guaranteed, guaranteed to give you joy. Suppose I could offer you a life greater than any other, blessings to their fullest. Suppose I could offer you peace that passes understanding and assurance of heaven. Assurance. Suppose I could offer you assurance of eternal life. Would you be interested? Let me reveal a mystery, a, a secret to many because it's a secret to many because they won't open their Bible and read about it. Understand it for themselves. This is the beginning of the secret to really living. I want you to understand how to really live this morning. Open your Bible and open your mind to the book of John. And we're going to understand a secret no more. Let me reveal to you something that is really not a secret, but it remains a mystery to many. In John chapter 10, Jesus said to a group that he's the shepherd and those who enter him are the sheep. Those who enter through Jesus and not some other way are his sheep. And Jesus says in verse 10, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Here begins the secret to really living abundant, full life. Did you understand what it was? Jesus. Jesus Christ is the secret to really living. Jesus said in John chapter 15, turn over there, verse 11. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Full joy. If you want it, you can have it. It's by Jesus Christ. Throughout the new teachings in the New Testament, we learn how to really live and Jesus tells us how to have abundant life. And when this is understood, church... It'll be life-changing for you. It'll change your your paradigm on, on so many different things. In John chapter 10, Jesus uses the analogy of a, of a shepherd. But in John chapter 15, he uses the analogy of a vine. We see with a, with a word picture, a, a vine and branches. John chapter 15, verse 1, speaking to the disciples and speaking to, to us today. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me... You can do nothing. Did you see the secret? Did you, did you understand from our context there the secret to really living? Did you see it there? What can a branch do to remain on the vine? Bear fruit. 
bear fruit. If you want to remain attached to the vine, you've got to, you've got to bear fruit. If you want to abide in, if you want to abide in Jesus, and in Him is all the full abundant life, you must bear fruit. If you don't, what's the vine dresser going to do? Cut it off. Cut it off. The secret to really living is bearing fruit. How does one branch on the vine bear fruit? First, we must understand that apart from the vine, the branch can do nothing. As we've said, you're, you're, you, you've got to be in Jesus Christ. That's step one. I saw a sign coming home from, from Hornwall where I go for Thanksgiving. It's, and I put it on the sign out here. I had Peyton put it on the sign out here. Are you a fan or a follower? The sign said. Are you a fan of Jesus or just a follower of Jesus? Jesus has lots of fans, but a productive, fruit-bearing branch is a follower. What can we do? What can we do? What can we as the branches of the vine do? What fruit are we to bear? Well, Paul said that that winning souls is a fruit. Look at Romans chapter 1, verse 13. Now, I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often planned to come to you, but was hindered until now, that I might have some fruit among you also, just as among the other Gentiles. You know, orange trees produce oranges. Pear trees produce pears. Light switches produce light. I think we're going to get some more light in just a minute. Maybe. Don't go to sleep on me now. I didn't plan that out. Tomato pants produce tomatoes. One way a Christian bears fruit as a branch of the vine is by bearing another Christian. Produce a product identical to itself. That's what, that's what nature does. It produces a product identical to itself. Christian, if you're going to be a fruit-bearing branch, you've got to produce something identical to you. Christians bear Christians. In Portland, the field is ripe for the picking. If you ever get the feeling that you don't have anything to do in this congregation, take the initiative and talk to somebody about Jesus Christ. What a joy it is to have been instrumental in helping someone to obey the gospel. As branches of the vine, we are to bear this fruit and to go into all the world and, and preach and, and baptize and teach, preach the gospel, baptize them into the vine and, and teach them how to continue to live and, and be productive themselves. Productive, fruit-bearing branches share with those who have need. 
In our society, we are reminded every year that we are to be thankful. I like one of our, what one of our elders said Wednesday night, that we need to be thankful the other 364 days of the year too. I am in that. And I add that we should be givers the other 364 days out of the year too. A bearing branch, a fruit-bearing branch is a sharing branch. We need to bear the benevolent fruit and help those who are in need. Paul says of Jesus in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you might through his poverty, so that you through his poverty might become rich. If, if the vine did this, I mean, if the vine did this, if Jesus did this, if Jesus became poor so that we could become rich, what do you think, if, if the vine did this, what do you think the branches ought to do? We know love, John says in 1 John 3, because Jesus died for us and we should lay down our lives for the brethren. If you've got the goods of the world, but you don't give to someone who has need, how can God's love abide in you? We've got to be givers. We've got to share what we have. Remember, abundant life is only in the vine. The vine dresser will cut you off if you don't bear fruit. We need to love develop our, our, our lives along a Christ-like fruit. We must be Christ-like. We must develop our lives along the lines of, of Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, where we, where we add to this love, joy, and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, the, the fruit of a Christ-like character. This, this abundant fruit shows one is, is growing in the knowledge of Jesus. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. When we produce a Christ-like character, Paul says in Colossians chapter 3, verses 9 through 11, we are being renewed according to the image of Him who created us. Psalm 100, it is He who hath made us, not we ourselves. We didn't create ourselves. For this and so much more, we, we praise God and, and, and we give thanks. It's another fruit that we can bear. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, By Jesus Christ, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. Sing with me. Praise God for whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. Praise Him all 
Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. John eleven forty one. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Jesus gave thanks. Should we do any less? But how is this bearing of fruit the secret to abundant life? Well, remember, John chapter 15, if you don't bear fruit, you get chopped off. Right? But I must admit, the fear of being chopped off doesn't seem to me like a full life. How does producing another Christian, giving of our money, our time, our energy, our our love to each other, developing developing a Christ-like character, and praising and thanking God, how does this give us the abundant life that Jesus promised? I would not suggest that you jump into anything without knowing the benefits first. Are there benefits to winning souls for Jesus? John says there is no greater joy. Third John chapter 3 and 4. I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that's in you. Just as you walk in the truth, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. Do you, do you understand this? Let me read it again. I have no greater joy than to hear my, that my children walk in the truth. Did you understand this? Do you want to understand it better? If you never, if you didn't understand what John was saying right there, and you want to understand it better, bear fruit and produce another Christian. Help out in that effort. And when you see that Christian grow and mature and produce fruit themselves, then you'll understand what John's talking about right there. You'll understand it. Sure will. Help convert someone to Christ. I have seen great joy and happiness firsthand of those who practice. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Acts chapter 20 verse 35. We are commanded to give on the first day of every week. And sometimes that's hard to do with money as tight as it is. But if we plan to give in advance, we we purpose in our heart to give, we plan to give in advance, we'd be able to give more. And we'd be able to give more cheerfully to the Lord. Being able to, to give as we've prospered filled Dana and me with a sense of purpose. We need to be happy and thankful that we are able to give. It's a blessing. To see the money being used to bring others to Christ is a joy to the, to the giver and the receiver. But most importantly, God's pleased. That's most important. Knowing the fact where I'm going when I die is a blessing. It's part of that 
fulfilling joy that Jesus promised me. Knowing what my purpose in life is. It, it's freeing in a way that's, that's kind of hard to put into words. Just to know where I'm going and to know what I'm doing is, 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 is wonderful. If I develop a Christ-like character, no law can condemn me. Galatians chapter 5 verse 23. No law of man or anyone else can condemn me. If I truly love, there is no stopping me. 1 John chapter 3 verse 18. Let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Don't just talk about it. Do it. Live the life. Live the life. Bear the fruit. And be thankful you can. With an attitude of gratitude, you can have peace. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. That, sur- that surpasses all understanding. We can have an abundant life filled with joy, assurance, peace. And we can enjoy all of these if we will but learn to put into practice the secret of really living, which is bearing the fruit that comes from the vine. There are many in the world who will tell you a secret. But remember, don't get tricked. Don't get tricked. There's only one way to life, one way to abundant life, one way to eternal life. It's Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ, Jesus said, He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. John 15 verse 5. To abide in is to live in. To abide in, live in Jesus. First you've got to be in Jesus Christ. How do you get into Jesus Christ so that you can really live? Well, it says in Galatians chapter 3 verse 27, As many of you as were baptized into Christ, put on Christ. To get into Christ, obey the gospel and be baptized. If you don't, it says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 8, if you don't obey the gospel, God will take his vengeance out on you in flaming fire. Now notice something with me. What if you were baptized into Jesus Christ, but you never bear fruit? Oh, look with me. John chapter 15, verse 6. What happens to the branch that doesn't bear fruit? This is the branch that was abiding on the vine, but it doesn't bear fruit. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. Now notice here, church, those not in the vine and those not producing have the same end. Fire. Fire. But it doesn't have to be this way. You can have an abundant life today, starting today. Not a life the world promises, not a, not a fantasy life full of, of wishes, 
real life. God can make that life a reality. The secret to really living. Well, first we've got to get into the vine and be baptized. Next, bear fruit. You'll be, you'll be pruned. You'll be cared for so that you can produce more. You, you'll be loved. You have the opportunity right now to be someone better than you've ever been. Admit that you're a sinner in need of saving. Be baptized. Be restored. You know, we know who most of you are. But even if we don't, even if we don't know you, even if we don't know who here needs to be restored, even if we don't know who here needs to be baptized. God does. Can't pull anything over on God. Heaven will rejoice. We will rejoice with you. Won't you come right now as together we stand and sing.